Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven, yes to eight, for you do not know the dis what disaster may come upon the land. Amen. So this scripture was actually um, given to me a while back, and it actually given to me a couple times. And um, finally, I realized, man, I need to get in there because God had something for me. Amen. So as I began to look up the, and study this scripture, uh, and there's so much more, but I, wanna, I, I know on time we have to get right into this, and I want to make sure that we understand um, the meaning here when he's talking about cast your bread upon the water. So I, as you look into this, I looked up the word bread, and I found two meanings of the word bread for the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, right? And it was two words, which one is lechem, and the other one is arthos. Arthos is the definition of a loaf of bread, right? Um, but here, in this area of scripture, where we're looking at, lechem is the word that is used. And the meaning, when you look at, look at it, it reads like this. The meaning, food for man or beast especially bread or the grain for which making bread, also used for bread or eat, to eat or food. So when we're looking at this, cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven, yes to eight, for if you do not know what disaster, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, during this time, they understood this because they would throw out the seed. They would get, have grain, and this was something valuable because it was the keeping of their family. It was the feeding of their family. It's what took care of them, right? So they understood it because they would throw out grain to where the water was, and in those times of drought, when the waters would go back and there would be not as much water, they wouldn't have as much, there would be famine sometimes, but because they threw their seed out, it would grow the plants of grain. It would come back to them. So they were able to understand it. And today, if we look at that, we're able to understand that when we throw our seed out, when we throw out that grain, even we take some of what we have meant for our families, right? We take some of that and we begin to cast it out. Cast it out because we know in due time, it's going to come back to us. It's the law of reaping and sowing, right? So here I got four different ways that we cast out our grain, okay? Number one, financially. Number one, <laughs> hopefully I don't lose everybody right here. <laughs> because we got to be givers. That's why, you know, the enemy will lie to you and try to tell you all they want is your money. A lie from the pit of hell. We don't need your money. Pastor doesn't need the money. God does not need your money. But you know what? He teaches us how to give. We are given opportunities 
to give. In United We Can, in our tithing, that's why it's so holy to make sure to put that 10% aside. It's holy. Don't get into it. Because if you're not sowing, don't expect nothing back. You can't, you can't cry later if you're not sowing that seed, right? Finding the need. We've got to give to those needs. Amen? Number two, physically, we could give. Throw out that seed in ministry. Putting our hands to the plow. Amen? Finding what, what our niche is even and putting our full self into it. Giving ourselves, all of ourselves, amen? Getting some sweat sometimes. Sometimes we just gotta sweat a little bit. Sometimes we gotta bleed a little bit. Sometimes we gotta cry a little bit, right? I see, I see Pastor and Sister Chalet come up here and they give everything of themselves. They don't hold back from us. They don't hold back. Why should we hold back? We're all family here. Let's take care of business together. And even sometimes just our time. Taking that time. Sometimes for some of us, it's easier to just say, oh, well, here's the 20 bucks. Just make it happen. Sometimes we need your hands, too. Sometimes we need your time here, too. Right? Number three, kindness. Kindness. When we are throwing out that seed of kindness, or should I even say grace, mercy, love, the fruit of the Spirit. When we're throwing out that seed, guess what? We're going to find that people are a little more kinder to us as well. We're going to find that, oh, wow, now I could get a little more mercy. Sometimes we find a lot of people that are rude to us because maybe we're a little bit rude. Are we putting that seat out? Number four. And here's my, my final where I'm going to take it right here. The spirit of God. The spirit of God. Discipleship. Sharing all that has been invested in us. As leaders, as Christians, and, and we all, in some way, we've received something. Amen? God's poured out his spirit over us. We're getting teachings after teaching, but what do we do with it? Are we applying it? Are we sharing it? Are we casting it out? Are we finding the neighbors around us to be able to share God's word with? Maybe they need prayer. Maybe they need that. And even for some of us life group leaders, some of us leaders in general, sometimes we get discouraged because we don't see the seed, you know, producing. We don't see what's happening. It's just in the water. I can't see nothing happening. It looks like it's drowned. It's gone. I think it died in there but we still keep casting out. We still keep giving out. We give all that we have. Because God, God died on the cross for us. If 
I was the last person on earth right there selling myself for nothing, for nothing. And yet he still gave his life for me. How could I not give back? How could we not give back for the cause? That's why Paul tells us, he tells the Galatian church, and then he says it again to the Thessalonians. (laughs) He says, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap a harvest. And we're going to. It's the law of sowing and reaping. What are we casting out? What are we putting out there? What are we giving to others? Are we letting our light shine? Are we? Because whatever we're putting out there is what we're going to get back. Amen? I know that we may get discouraged at times, and sometimes we may be in that place where we're not even in a, we're not even in a place where we may feel like, you know what, I don't even have none of this to give. That's where we've got to be God chasers. Because through all of these, God's going to give us that spirit to pour out. More of God and less of us. Amen? I'm going to get ready to uh, just close right here, okay? But, Lord, we just thank you for this time, my God. Seal your word in our hearts, my God. I thank you for speaking to me. Have your way here in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verse 5 through 8. And it's the parable of the sower, amen? And this is just something that God gave me as I, as, as I was told. See, Mike was actually told he was speaking. I got a text message, amen? But praise God, it's all right, though. It's all right. As, God, as I got that text message, I sat there, and I was like, whoa, wait a second. What's going on here? Are you sure, God? And God began to give me a message, amen? So if you have your Bibles, turn to that verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 5 through 8, and the word God says, and I'm going to read it out of the New King James. It says, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. Look at your neighbor say wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Verse 6, some fell on the rock. Say the rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7, and some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse 8, but others fell on good ground. Say good ground. Sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, my God. And Lord, I ask that you will put my flesh to the side, God. Lord, that you would speak through me, my heavenly Father, God. And Lord, that you would get all the glory tonight, God. Father, we ask that you would continue to, to touch the hearts of your people, Lord God. And Father, the same way you gave me, gave me this message, God, Lord, I pray that it would come out the same exact way, Lord God. Father, I love you. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. We see here this farmer... This individual, out, whether it was a, a male or female, we don't know. But they were out there casting their seed, amen? And you hear my wife talking about casting out your seed. But yet, the word of God said that some landed where? By the wayside. 
Now, when I begin to ask God, okay, Lord, show me what you mean by the wayside, the Lord began to tell me, okay, this is what we're going to get into. Number one, the wayside. This represents the heart of the individual that is very busy. They hear the word, but they never move on it. They hear it, but they never put their hands to the plow and get busy. It's in one ear and out the other. They make excuses not to come to church. They make an excuse of why they can't get involved with life group. They make an excuse of, well, I don't want to get involved because that ministry is already taken care of. No. Get involved with life group because that's where you're going to grow. That's where God wants to get a hold of you and continue to expand his life in you and expand your heart and expand the love that we have for other people. Amen? Oh, and, and, and like I said, we see other ministries and we say, oh, well, I can't get involved there. No, we need your help in ministry. Pastors and children can't do it on their own. The, the pastoral team can't do it on their own. The leadership, we can't do it on our own. We need the church, amen? Your hands are very important. Don't allow the enemy to tell you you can't do it. Don't allow the enemy to sit there and, and throw that little seed of doubt. Because when you begin to let that little seed of doubt take root, then you're in trouble. You and I, we can get, we, we're in trouble if we let that happen, amen? Number two, the rock. This represents an unbelieving heart. The heart, or the, the, they, they hear the word and get excited and happy, but once the trials and the, and the temptations come, they begin to fall away. They get all excited. There have been times where I, I, I've been, I, I leave out of church, I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you for what you've done within my life. And all of a sudden, I get outside, get in the car, Boom, there you go. Whether it's me and my wife or me and the kids, the enemy's right there. And he's waiting. He's waiting to steal that seed. He's waiting to steal the very thing that God deposited within your and my life. Amen. See, some may even say, Pastor, Sister Chela, I had it better when I was out there in the world. But that's a lie. Don't let the enemy try to tell you, oh, you had it better out there. You were blind. I was blind. We were stuck in misery. We were stuck in dirt. Amen? But God took us out of the miry clay, like the Word of God says. He took us out of the miry clay, cleaned us up, put us in a whole different place, and said, okay, now I have something greater for you. I want to use you. Tonight, God wants to use you. Amen? God wants to allow your seed to go even farther than what you could ever imagine. Number three, I know I'm going a little fast here. I'm sorry. I'm just, I've been sitting there nervous and nervous. And, and like, everything's been shaking. Amen. Number three, the thorns. This represents a heart that is full of riches and the pleasures of life. It always puts other things first that produce the wrong fruit. And I'm guilty of that. Sometimes my wife tells me, you're going to sit and watch TV? Well, yeah, I got home from work. I'm a little tired. I want to just unwind. And she'll tell me, well, what about praying? Did you pray today? And I'm like, yeah. But knowing deep down inside, I didn't pray. Knowing deep down inside, I'm like, okay, God, you're telling me something here. I got to go pray. I may not do it at that specific moment, but when I get into that time of prayer, 
wow. Everything begins to get in perspective, amen? Those little, those little things, that the, the watching TV and having all this, this, these other things take place within my life or, or in your life, whatever it may be, those are the things that can choke out the very word of God within our lives, amen? When God tells you and I, I have a purpose, I have a calling, I have a destiny for you, and all of a sudden the enemy says, oh, we'll just go ahead and take a little bit of time of, for yourself. Just, you, you need that time. And yeah, you may need that time, but God wants to give you even a better time. Amen? He wants to be able to enrich your life and my life. When we begin to bask in his presence, we begin to sit there and say, okay, God, this is me. This is what I've been going through, Lord. Here I am. I can't do anything else. And God begins to say, okay, now let me do it. Let me move. Amen? Sometimes we get sidetracked with all the electronics, all the different gadgets, the latest TV shows, the latest this, the latest that. And those things begin to suck the very life out of you and I. But like Mike said, when we go to life group, amen, I love going to my life group. It's not just at my house, but I love going to my life group. Why? Because, one, we have good food. But even better than that, we even have the word of God, which is a whole lot better. Amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Watching TV, yeah, it has its place. Having all the, the, the different outings, the different fun times, that has its place. But what, what about giving God his place? What about allowing God to say, okay, I cannot do this on my own, Lord, so I need your presence, I need your help, I need your anointing. And God, when I let everything else go, then I know when I cast my seed out, it's going to be able to land in proper places. Amen? Number four, the good ground. This represents a heart that has been brought to Jesus, and God has been able to begin to change it. God begins to take out all the roots. God begins to take out all the twigs and, and all the different things that's in there that'll choke up or take the seed and kill it. He takes out the rocks. He takes out the seeds that, that shouldn't even be there and allows the good seed to fall in its place so that it could produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. See, if we produce bad fruit, it's because I wonder what me and you, or you and I, were sowing. See, if I'm sowing negativity into my marriage, then I can't expect my wife to sit there and say, I love you, here's your dinner, or here's this, or here's that. I can't expect that. But if I'm able to go ahead and, and, and deposit good seed into my marriage, then I know something's going to happen in return. I'm going to get love in return. I'm going to get respect in return. I'm going to get the blessings of God in return. Amen? But if you and I continue to sow bad seed, whether it's at our workplaces, whether it's here in the, in the church of God, wherever we're at, if we're beginning to sow bad seed, allow God to remove it and put in his seed. Allow God to put his seed in here first, because whatever we put in here first is going to be able to come out. And if we continue to feed ourselves the negative things, the bad things, 
the things that, that aren't right, the things that are going to continue to produce the wrong fruit, then my brother and my sister, we're going to continue to go around the same circle over and over and over again. I've bumped my head so many times doing the wrong thing, thinking I was doing the right thing. I bumped my head so many times thinking, okay, well, if I just do this, nobody's going to know about it. Wrong. The word of God says whatever's done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. And I know it's happened to me not just once, but twice. But I can stand here today and let you know that, you know what, God has begun to do something different within me. God has begun to uproot. I can't just speak this message if God has not been doing something within my life. God is beginning to begin to, I'm telling you, God has been uprooting. God has been, he's been pulling things out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord. For me to be sitting there as nervous as I was, I haven't felt that nervous for a long time. The last time I felt that nervous is when I asked my wife to marry me. I was nervous. I didn't know whether she was going to say yes or no. But praise God, she said yes. Amen? But allow God to deposit tonight in you, in me, a good seed. If you came here tonight, as a keyboard player makes his way, man, and you've been going through all kinds of different things. I don't know what you've been going through. Only you and God know. Only you and the Lord know exactly what you've been struggling with. God knows exactly where you're at. But if you feel like, man, I don't know if I can continue to, to go forward. I don't know if I can, 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 can throw my seed here anymore and allow it to, to grow. No, my friend, let God begin to kill that seed so it can begin to flourish the good products. Amen? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. No, I, I can say honestly that that at times I haven't sowed my seed in the right place. But God has been doing something different within me. I don't know what it is. But I know he's doing something fresh. And if you're here tonight and you heard three other messages, and if any one of these messages minister to you here tonight, I want to be able to pray with you. I want to be able to lock heart and lock faith with you so that God can be able to not only take you through whatever you're going through, but to see good fruit be produced. So if any message here tonight spoke to you,